Just before we get started, do you have a business or maybe a staff event coming up, either virtually or in person? Well, why not drop the organiser a line and suggest me as one of the speakers? Go to pennyhaslam.co.uk to find out more. You're listening to the Penny Haslam podcast. This time, oh my God, it's everywhere. Oh, look at you with a big job and responsibility. I have heard my negative self-talk yakking on in my ear all the time. Oh, you're only Penny from Stockport. You don't know anything. We are dealing with, we are wrestling with negative self-talk. That's what we're doing today. First of all, let's establish what self-talk is. If you haven't heard of self-talk, well, you're probably sitting there saying to yourself, I've not heard of self-talk. What's self-talk? Well, that's self-talk. Okay. So that's the first idea. Self-talk is the the, the narrative that we have in our own minds all of the time that help us do things without necessarily having to articulate them out loud. So, mm, a bit thirsty. I'm going to go to the tap. I'm going to pour some water into a glass and I'm going to drink it. Or I need to get to work. I need to leave at 7.25am. I'm going to get into my car. I won't forget my umbrella because it's raining. All of that takes a lot to say out loud. So we just think it to ourselves. We think it so quickly, so rapidly, so neatly and effectively that we don't even know we're really saying it. It's just our brain doing the thing. So when we speak to ourselves negatively, it's another matter. So that's the other premise I need to suggest to you is that your negative self-talk, which everyone does in no matter what field they're in or what job they're doing or how positive they are, there will be an element of, oh, no one listens to you <laughs> or you don't want to do it like that or you're going to fail or what an idiot Oh, it always goes wrong. Oh, that's never going to work. What are you doing here? You don't deserve to be here. All that kind of stuff rattles around our heads from time to time. Some people get it to a greater degree. Some people barely get it at all. It still needs dealing with. And that's the second premise is that it needs dealing with in order to do more in the world, be more confident. And I talk about it in my workshops and my keynotes, and I call it the confidence reset. And it's about suggesting to people that, you know, confidence isn't something you just have. You're not just given it. It's something you need to work on. And negative self-talk is a big part of the fundamental process of building your confidence. So I'll get onto that in a minute. But Oh, self-talk's hilarious because it pops up like a newspaper headline um, to get your attention. And essentially, if you want the science bit, it's all to do with the amygdala in the limbic system, which is the prehistoric brain, cave woman, cave man bit, versus the prefrontal cortex brain, which is like the 21st century human captain of the ship, knows what's what, rooted in reality and experience and knowledge and all that kind of stuff. But the limbic system is all about the, uh, there's a saber-toothed tiger outside the cave door. Don't go out the cave, right? Keeps you safe. Sends up a flare when there's a problem. It's a distress system. Do we fight? Do we flee? Or do we just freeze? Which is what I do sometimes when I'm going to speak. I freeze. My brain freezes. My negative self-talk goes into overdrive because I'm about to expose myself on stage. 
I'm going to look like an idiot. You know, no one's going to listen to me. You better just freeze and let your mind go blank. Ah. My own negative self-talk cropped up big time when I took on a new job, one of my first big jobs, responsible for a big Radio 4 programme. I had a small team. I needed to get everything right, all the details, that kind of stuff. I felt out of my depth. I felt like I had, um, I felt like I was an imposter, literally. And what gave that imposter syndrome a voice was the negative self-talk, was the kind of, oh my God, you really don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. Oh, look at you with a big job and responsibility. Oh, you're only penny from Stockport. You don't know anything. You were comprehensively educated. Mm, bit thick. Yeah. Um, you don't know how to do this. You don't know how to do that. No, 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 no. On and on. And it wore me out. It wore me out. It filled my head and it stopped me from thinking about my future. It stopped me from setting goals and thinking about my success or even enjoying my success and what I had in front of me. The self-talk, negative, critical, judgy voice was rampant and I hated it. A friend of mine went, oh, you've got self-talk problems. You need to identify it, name it. I call mine self-talk Sybil. She is a bit like Sybil Faulty. Oh, Basil, you idiot. You know, <laughs> you don't want to do it like that. Oh, what have you done now? It's not a very good Sybil impression, but you get the idea. So when I hear it, I think, ah, oh, that's just fight or flight or freeze mode. That's okay. I can leave the cave. I'm a 21st century woman. It's going to be fine. And I leave the cave and I get on calmly with what I want to achieve, which might be doing something a little bit different. But um, but it can crop up when you're least expecting it. And in fact, unless you listen out for it, you might just think it's part of how you speak to yourself naturally. Like you, you could have had it for so long that you think it is real, that it's reality, rooted in reality. When quite often it's not. It's a, it's a headline grabber. An example of that is one of the delegates on the workshop that I was running over a three-week period. We did two hours every Thursday morning for three weeks. The first session, I set out the idea about negative self-talk. And this individual, she said, I don't really have any negative self-talk. You know what? I'll spend the next week trying to listen out for it, but I'm really sure I haven't got a problem. It's like, right, okay. The next week rolled around, the next Thursday morning rolled around. She went, oh my God, it's everywhere. I have heard my negative self-talk yakking on in my ear all the time. For example, she was going to a meeting. She had a hand on the handle, was about to go into a meeting, regular senior leadership team meeting, which she normally hated because negative self-talk, negative Nancy, I think she called hers, negative Nancy would whisper in her ear, before she went into the meeting, nobody listens to you. Nobody takes you seriously. There's no point you saying anything in this meeting. But she had a hand on the handle, was about to go into the meeting and she recognised the voice and thought, hmm, that's probably not me. I'll tell you what, I'll test it out. I'll try something different. She went into the meeting. Normally, she would listen to negative Nancy and she wouldn't say anything until right at the very end of the meeting where she'd explode with frustration and go, for goodness sake. 
this has never worked in this organisation. I don't know why you lot think it's going to. It's not a new thing. Oh, we tried it out five years ago. And she'd have a go at everyone and no one would take her seriously. And it would become a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, a little bit like that. This time, she decided she would open the meeting door, sit down calmly and contribute early on in the meeting with some sage wisdom and suggestions. And that would be it. And then she'd kind of drop it in and leave it and see what happens. She had one of the most successful meetings she's ever had because she didn't lose her rag at the end of it. She didn't become so frustrated and therefore angry that she got herself in a tangle and didn't um, achieve what she wanted to achieve, which was just to guide the SLT to a good um, decision based on experience. Negative Nancy had been lurking for so long she hadn't actually realised it wasn't necessary, that it wasn't real. So what is the solution to doing, to dealing with this? Because it is so important. If you're going to screw up meetings because somebody in your ear has been going, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't speak up. And we do all have that, don't we? We're about to ask a question and the negative voice pipes up. You're going to sound really stupid, love. <laughs> Don't ask that. That's a really silly question. And, and then the, guess what? The next person asks that question. <laughs> You're like, oh, wasn't that stupid? Why did I tell myself not to speak? We hold ourselves back. So it's really important to, first of all, first step, identify your negative Nancy's, your self-talk Sybil's, your bring me down Brian's, whatever the voice is that's, um, that's you know, going on a bit with the same sort of very simple phrases. Then you need to challenge it. And I don't mean enter into a discussion with it because it will always win because it's so basic. Oh, well, you are stupid. And oh, oh you, you're just saying that. Oh, no. You know, you, that nice feedback you got was just, oh, just being nice to you. You know, it will always go as nasty as it needs to go in order to keep you safe. Weird, I know. So the next thing to do is to challenge it. And you can challenge it simply by bringing more evidence. So overriding the statement or the headline or the bold alert that was sent out, overriding it by going, well, actually, I think you'll find. Last week in the meeting, when I presented the report that I'd written um, with my collaborative team member um, that was very successful and good work, we got great feedback. And actually, the chairman said or the board said or the boss said or whatever, that it was in a great piece of work. Um, if only we change point one, one little bit, and the rest of it is absolutely fantastic. Ha ha negative self-talk, take that. Yeah. And, and you've kind of shriveled it. You've taken away its power by just presenting it with a load of information. Now, some people go as far as to create a swipe folder where maybe a colleague or a customer has got in touch and said, oh, I love the work you did. Um, I, it, you really impressed me with such and such, such and such. And they stick it in an email folder and they collect all of their fantastic plaudits and comments from people or people go out and seek it. But quite often it only goes so far. You've got to do the work yourself and remember the time when you were listened to or the time when you did know what you were doing and go into the detail. You can write it in a journal. You can write an, an email to yourself. Really, really important to evidence. You know, like you're in a court of law to evidence um, the positive and valuable stuff that you do do. I said, do, do, I know. So then you've got 
identifying it, you've got challenging it. And then I promise you, you can begin to extinguish it. Not forever, not infinitely, but you will begin to extinguish it. The more work you do on this, the better outcome you will have. You cannot just leave this to chance. I promise you, it will just keep popping up if you're in a bit of a pickle or you get your confidence so so brilliantly, but something in life happens. You know, you might be experiencing a bereavement, a separation, a challenge financially, um, a new job, um, oh, hormones. You know, let's not forget those lovely things as well that challenge our confidence all the time. We've always got stuff coming at us. Negative self-talk might pop up. It might rampage for a little bit, but identifying it again and again and again and challenging it. It's okay. It'll be all right. Don't worry. I'm safe. I know what I'm doing because, etc. Over time, you can extinguish it. So all those three points, identify, challenge and extinguish, obviously spells out a brilliant acronym called ICE. And ICE is powerful. Don't forget, you know, we stick an ice pack on an injury to reduce pain and inflammation. And of course, the captain of the Titanic knows the power of ice. So anyway, that is my potent recipe for helping you get through times that are a bit tough, where you might be your own worst enemy. You might be getting in your own way with the chat that you're offering yourself. So we want to change that. You know, evidence has shown that leaders who position their self-talk in a really positive way will achieve their goals far more quickly and more successfully than those who talk to themselves negatively. And there is also evidence, unfortunately, you won't like this, that negative self-talk, negative thinking is quite addictive. So you can't just ignore it and hopefully it'll go away. I tell you what, though, Sybil pops up from time to time. I might be doing a crossword or playing Candy Crush. And I do like a bit of Candy Crush late at night in bed just to help me switch off. But Sybil, don't don't mock me. Sybil will show up. Oh, you're not very strategic, are you? You haven't got those three red ones in a line, have you, idiot? I mean, it's... <laughs> It's laughable now. You can laugh at this stuff. You don't need to be strategic to do Candy Crush, but you should be icing your negative self-talk. So I hopefully I have made it very clear as to how you can do that. And I'd love to hear from you if you've given your self-talk a name. Thanks for listening. My third book is coming out in 2024. It's all about confidence at work and in life. And as you'd expect from me, there are lots of stories and ideas to help you build confidence, whether it's for yourself or for others. It might be colleagues, teammates, friends and family. Head to pennyhaslam.co.uk slash confidence dash book.